Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 300 of Swish and Flick. Ah! I'm Tiffany. I'm Uh, Megan. And I'm Katie. And we also have Lori Kim. Hi, I'm Lori Welcome back. Oh my gosh. This episode is sponsored by the very lucky Katie Bentley. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, other Katie. Other Katie. Like I said, Lori is here. Lori, there's no way that we could have started this book without you, given the content of chapter one, but also it's because it's you. We love you so much and thank you for joining us. I love Deathly Hallows, the book, more and more as time goes on. I It took me so long to understand it. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It packs in a lot. But it does. No, there's a, it's worth it. It's worth Meaty. the trouble. Uh, ooey gooey bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the cat food of the series, if you will. Where's I've listened to this first chapter like approximately five times in preparation for this episode because I'm so nervous. (laughs) Everybody wants to do right by this. Okay, well, here we go. Today we are discussing part one of chapter one of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the Dark Lord Ascending. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to climb your way through the details. But before we begin, we have mixed mouse tales for some weekly profit news. It's super basic this week, guys. Like I mean, it can be a latte. couple of things, though. Yes. Actually, we got the schedule for yeah. LeakyCon. So Swish is going to be on Friday for all those who have who've been asking us about, like, if you, you know, if you can't afford to buy the full weekend pass. Absolutely understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, Swish is going to be on Friday, along with our Sarah J. Moss meetup is also on Friday. And then Saturday is court. Mm-hmm. Um court has court has a good slot (laughs) we got saturday afternoon so um so yeah if you are interested in seeing us at LeakyCon, also we are 1000 percent going to be planning a meetup in chicago outside of LeakyCon. so even if you don't have tickets to get in we are still going to hold a meetup we want to hang out with you guys we want to meet you guys um it's probably going to be at a coffee shop like we always do or a bookstore whichever we can find that's closest to our hotel um so look out for news for that in in our socials um we will share all of the details as we get closer um but we're so excited to see everybody at leaky con we're excited to see Lori at leaky con yes. and so many of you in the chat are going to be at leaky con we're so excited um so yeah, there is that. And then also just this is episode 300. I literally can't believe it. And I just thought that it would be fun if we could go around and say something that we are grateful for with this podcast. Friendship with you and with people I've met. Yeah. Because of the podcast. Like there's think about all the people that you're in constant communication with every single day yeah. that you only met through yeah. doing this podcast. Right. I I think about that, obviously, specifically with you. I mean, our specific chat that we have with our friends. But mm-hmm. I think about that a lot with Say like, the name. specifically Tiff. Out loud. <laughs> it's called Animal <gasps> Friends. I'm yeah. so proud of you. <laughs> well, and, and there's another one, too. And I can't say that one out loud because no, it's inappropriate. Cannot. It's but, not appropriate. But you know um, who you are. 
but uh specifically tiff though because i mean like we knew each other but we didn't know each other you right. know what i mean tiffany mm-hmm. like existed but you know i believe you were megan and percy yeah. for a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. we were uh so yeah i'm super grateful for that i just like the community is just the best i just i'm so grateful mm-hmm. i just love you guys 300 oh that was cute (laughs) that was really cute no truly though like friendships and community hands down and getting to like talk about something that brings us joy Mm -hmm. and that's also a thousand percent what i'm most excited about for leaky con too is just getting to like meet so many people meet up again with so many people who we've grown close to and Mm -hmm. just be together so yeah i can't wait it'll be good we also have kent coming up Yes. We have Wizardly World of Kent coming up um, on a certain date. July 29th. <laughs> I think the 29th is Saturday. Uh, God. Yes, yeah. the 29th. We're going to be doing a live podcast there as well as a costume contest. costume contest. Two of them. One for children, one for adults. And we're going to have a booth. Yep, we'll have a booth. So if you're able to make it out to Kent, Ohio, please stop by and say hello. Danny DeVito will be there. I just have to locate where he is. Yeah, he'll be there for pictures. Don't worry. Marty may have stolen him. I don't blame him <laughs> for personal reasons. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did On we that... pack him away with the shirt? Probably. Oh. I hope so. That's his shirt. I mean, I we'll know. figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> um, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends because. If you have been here for 300 episodes mm. and you like us, then I think maybe they will too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you exclusive access to this absolutely amazing, adoringly great Discord channel that we are on right now. I love you all so much. Uh, it gives you access to our live recordings, trivia games that we put on, Swish Swag Boxes, our Felix Files episodes, and more. So thank you all so much for your support. And as always, we are still accepting Potter stories. Or if you just have any fun things or questions that you want to send to us, you can send those to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Tiff has the hat on. I know she mm. put it on while you started it's your whole thing, and I got... <laughs> Got a little nervous. <laughs> I'm going to hurt my throat. <laughs> Catherine, look me in the eyes. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for the raw 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 recap. Guys, I need you to know that it's like an honor, but slightly terrifying to have to look at Tiffany in her soul while she does that. I feel like a bit. Uh, I need to say, like, let's get ready to rumble or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, sort of short and sweet and whatever. But uh, so up to this, thanks to you guys and thanks to a little bit of our own thoughts, we did a bunch of fun and silly episodes leading up to now. And our last episode is what we talked about what we're most excited for for Deathly Hollows. And now we are here. Let's do it. Seven. Seven. Seven, baby. Where's your bell? I didn't know. Carrie's doing the bell. <laughs> Carrie's doing the bell. <laughs> I thought you still had it. I, I forgot know, it came over here. Okay. She oh. moved it. Uh, her phone. Ooh. Anyway. Call out. Call out. Sorry, but it's wild. 
now you're on it. There so no for rules. those of you who are not live with us and didn't know this, we have one of my besties, Carrie, is here. She's our photographer extraordinaire. Hi. Um, Carrie Thornton Photography on Instagram. Yes. yes. Go follow that. We always tag her when we post our new pics, so yep. you should probably check her out. Do it right now. If you're in the Discord, go. Go follow. Follow her. <laughs> Give her a like. Hey, what's your house? I okay, forget. so Vinny asked what my house is, and I feel like it's complicated. Mm. Because I got Hufflepuff the first time that I took the test when I was, like, in my early 20s. But I got Ravenclaw whenever they switched to the new app. Okay. So thanks, Vinny. Thanks for the support. He said I can have all of them. Um <laughs> I will tell you some facts about myself and you can decide. Do it real quick. Bro. Okay, so I teach high school English. Ravenclaw, um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, Masters in English Literature, Ravenclaw vibes. But also, uh, giant goofball, love to snack. Uh, <laughs> also Ravenclaw. Right. I'm friends, I'm friends with basically everyone. Uh, but I'm a That's smart awful. aleck as well. And I feel like, you know, maybe I'm everybody. Whenever I do those, you know, those bingo cards where it's like, you're a Ravenclaw. If did I get the, the whole same. Test? Did um, you do a whole? Yeah. And what did it tell you? It always puts Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff like neck and neck, like 51 and 49. How many times have you it's done crazy. this? Not enough. Kara has a good question <laughs> that can help determine what's the trait you admire most in others and or yourself. Mm. I would say that would put me in Ravenclaw because it would be like uh, intelligence and wit. So sure. it's Ravenclaw. Okay. Because okay. it's all about what you value, not necessarily what you are, but yeah. what you value. But I value kindness really a lot too. Yeah. But when I asked you what was the most, she feels very badger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe at the end of the episode, someone else can tell me. Okay. We need to get some good questions. Yeah. Figure this out for her so she can like pick. I'm gonna have to put Uh that back on my phone and tell you what my want is. What color do you like more, yellow or Or blue? blue. Money on the sidewalk and keep. <laughs> oh my god! We know. Oh. Um, Lord. Okay, I'm gonna do the summary. <laughs> Our show. Oh man, guys, part one of I think three for this chat for this episode chapter whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, I mean, if you're at this point, you should know that we said we were going to um, shorten the amount of content that we are researching in so order to can... shorten the time of the episode so we can kind of hit roughly an hour. Um, but it should still end up being the same amount of content that I you think, would get. I think it might be more. It's more because it... there's going to be more episodes. But yeah. also, like, we're getting even more nitty gritty. But it's not that nuts. we're, like, not... How do I say this? We're diving deeper into smaller yeah. sections. Right. So you're getting a more thoroughly researched episode each time correct okay yes yeah okay the summary yaxley and snape arrive at malfoy manor just barely on time snape is promoted to voldy's right hand man and it's clear that voldy only has ears for snape when it comes to harry potter we learn about the plan to move harry and the false trail that was laid and the order doesn't trust the ministry rightfully so because yaxley has successfully imperiused pious thickness we also get quite a show of snape and voldemort's legitimacy and occlumency in the flesh and voldemort also says he will attend to harry himself rules established that's your downfall sir it really is okay well there 
are a few things that I would like to read from the book. Do it. I always forget about these because I'm usually listening to Deathly Hallows within the past few years. And these are not in there. What? I'm sorry. Good Lord. <laughs> Your child is like... Jumping from a chair to the floor. Yes. yes. That's what she's doing. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out something that I noticed on the dedication page for this book. I already know. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. So she says the dedication of this book is split seven ways. And then she lists to Neil, Jessica, David, to Kenzie, to Di, to Anne, and to you if you've stuck with Harry until the very end. And the author makes eight, which is like the hidden horcrux. Mm -hmm. It's also in the shape <laughs> of a lightning bolt. Oh, shoot, it is. Stop I it. <laughs> yeah. I just yes. thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, wow, look yeah. at that. I remember reading that in my bed um, when I after I got home after getting it at Walmart at midnight. Um, we don't have fun stores where I'm from, so I have to go to Walmart. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and they have like these big towers, like on when Black Friday used to be like huge, and they would like cut the towers, and everybody would be like, "I need that two dollar version of Twister now," you right. know. But it's like books, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember reading, "If you have stuck with Harry until the very end," like to us, and I felt very moved by that, you know. Yeah. Right when I first read it. All right. So and I never read chapter titles. By the I way. also never read this page until yesterday. OK, so I was going. <laughs> how about you read the first part okay. and then I'll read the second one. OK, so this is the page like before the book actually starts. These are like little blurbs that she inserted from mm -hmm. little quotes from certain literatures certain, yeah. that Carrie probably knows. <laughs> so this one says. Oh, the torment bred in the race, the grinding scream of death and the stroke that hits the vein, the hemorrhage none can staunch, the grief, the curse no man can bear. But there is a cure in the house and not inside it. No, not from others, but from them, their bloody strife. We sing to you, dark gods beneath the earth. Now hear you blissful powers underground. Answer the call. Send help. Bless the children. Give them triumph now. I feel like we should have dissected that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do. Oh, you know what? That is through Felix Files, guys. That's that what's going anyway. I don't know how to say the author. Uh, Ascalus. The Libation Bearers. That's what that's from. Okay. And so this is William Penn, More Fruits of Solitude. Death is but crossing the world as friends do the seas. They live in one another still, for they must, for they must needs be present. That love and live in that which is omnipresent in this divine glass they see face to face and their converse is free as well as pure this is the comfort of friends that though they may be said to die yet their friendship and society are in the best sense ever present because immortal why are we writing this way oh my god that was hard. That was like those, both of those. <laughs> I was gonna so say both tough. of those are just like a little bit um much for me. That's a lot of words <laughs> in a different place that I'm used to saying them. I literally had never read those until yesterday, though. I didn't know they were there. Yeah, I like I was flipped through. I'm not gonna lie. I had a moment where I was like, "Are these supposed to be in here?" Truly, because like I never. Uh, just I, it's not it's just not an audiobook yeah so and i listen so much more than i physically correct. read it yeah. and it's not in my kindle version because that's what i was reading oh. interesting yeah i don't think i don't Actually, know if you know i what? remember I them in my original copy so. i think you know i just went to chapter one so that's, that's my bad 
I probably was there. I might have to look in my copy upstairs because I, I don't remember. I don't. Re- I didn't remember it. Interesting. Well, anywho. Well, look forward to a Felix Files mm. in the future. I titled my section, Two Dudes. <laughs> oh, a tree. <laughs> All right. Guys, this is the moment. Are you ready? I'm anxious. Pop. Two dudes appear. <laughs> That's what it says. Out of thin air. <laughs> um, I find it really odd that they're arriving at the same time. Though. It is a little weird. Yeah. Do find that interesting? Yeah. No? Nobody's thinking about it? Okay. Um, so immediately their wands are pointed at each other's chests, and when they recognize one another, they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's you. Kill you. <laughs> um, it's you. They both start walking in the same direction, clearly headed to the same location. There's a taller man, and then there's Severus Snape cruising down the lane. I remember Snape. this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to sing. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I want to hear you sing. Yeah, Lori, she knows what's up. I was just going to do Snape. Snape. <laughs> Severus Snape. Dumbledore! <laughs> Thank you. Aww. Of course. Yeah, I remember when I finally let myself go to this first page. It had been agony, right? Mm. During the two years before. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to Snape? He's surely going to be the most hated person in the wizarding world. Mm. Is he going to be on the run? Is he going to be a fugitive? Is he going to be absent from the narrative? Mm. Thank goodness they answer on the first page. Oh, good. He's here. He's right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right for you. So, you know, that that was the first thing was like, all right, they didn't forget about my guy. Mm. Where did you get your book from at midnight? Oh, was it? It was a Borders. Ouch. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Borders. No, ours. We went to Borders when I was in Toledo. Ours was Walden Books. Mm -hmm. You guys went there. We went to Walden Books at Parmatown. I worked at Borders when this came out. Oh. Did you see the boxes? I did see the boxes. Oh. And they had giant tape over all the openings and it specifically said like do not open until midnight on um, blah, blah, yeah. blah I'm so sorry I don't mm-hmm. know the day I know someone's gonna roast me for that but <laughs> we all of us were so it's excited July, for it and we were just like salivating over the unopened boxes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like the, the whole store was like buzz with Harry Potter fever basically yeah it's oh yeah. amazing this is when I went read for hours went to work fake sick came back home finished the book <laughs> man I read so much faster in those days Oh, anyway, same. I can't focus for eh now. Nothing. I don't know what it for is. Nothing. I gotta talk to somebody about that. Literally, me <laughs> too. I think I need to make a appointment. <laughs> same, dude. <laughs> um. So the tall man inquires if Snape has any news to share, and Snape replies that he has quote the best news, but does not elaborate. That is such a boss move. To- oh, is. I'm sorry. Were you gonna sing again? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. Law, when he just says the best and he doesn't elaborate, I love it. He's in spy mode. Mm -hmm. He's just being really terse. And that's a different Snape from who we see in Hogwarts. He is not petty or Mm. greasy or a bully then. He's very imposing and powerful. He's a grown up. And I just think you want this guy on your side in a war. You Mm -hmm. don't know what he's doing, but you can trust him to know what he's doing. Yeah. And yeah, it's in the dialogue. Anyway, yeah. I love the Snape. It oh. makes you like wonder, like, which one is the real him? 
I don't. Which one is the act? Are they both? I I don't think either one is the real him. Yeah. What do you think, Lori? I think Snape at Hogwarts is what people look like when they're in the wrong job. Hey. Mm. I can mm, understand yeah. that. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I feel that. I was probably that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hit too close. <laughs> We're getting a lot of, in Discord, a lot of people are saying a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's extreme both ways, but I feel like at his core we're not shown we can only guess um okay so we find out that the taller man is called yaxley yaxley's super gross i hate him um played by the blonde ponytail dude from the movies if that helps your brain at all is he like he's the one who is like stomping after wait he's the one who catches them in the flu right that's yaxley he yeah. like holds on he grabs onto Hermione. I think yeah. So, yeah. He's the, the one that tells not Ron, but Ron that his office it's been raining in his okay, office. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh got yeah. it. Super gross. Um, so Yaxley tells Snape essentially that his task was quote trickier than expected, but he thinks that Voldemort's gonna be pleased with what he's done. Um, and then he inquires about Snape and his task and if he thinks Voldemort's gonna be pleased. And Snape just nods and gives absolutely no more than that. Yeah. I, I love seeing him being dominant here. Mm-hmm. Like you can just like the body language is clearly conveyed that he's the authority. And it's also nice that somebody among the Death Eaters knows what they're doing because, wow, they are incompetent. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like well, um, stormtroopers. Yeah, you're like <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel to find people to be on your side <laughs> and right. to be like fully on your side. You know, they have a lot of people who are like doubling with like as ministry workers and, and right. whatever. It's not not necessarily so much right now um, because things are more out in the open for them but like Voldemort's taking in at not communicating with or even deigning to to look at I would assume but like the CD of the CD you know he's accepting people that he thinks are lesser I mean he lets Fenrir wear Death Eater robes and he's a werewolf yeah you know what I mean so you're right. You got some against werewolves, Tiffany? No. Don't come but at me. he's a bad person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you really want to defend Fenrir? <laughs> what are we doing no. here, Kate? <laughs> okay, but uh, let's talk about werewolves. Okay, but let's just talk about Remus. <laughs> Let me just bring this conversation around to him. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, but he's a little, little spicy at the beginning of this one. I he's know. He's butt-handed to him later on. Mm. Okay. So... When I was reading this, it's very clear that Death Eater missions are private. Mm-hmm. And it was also very clear from this that no one really talks to anybody else about what they're up to. Um, so there's two ways that my brain went with this, whether it's because Voldemort straight tells them not to or that they don't trust one another. And I definitely think that it's more so the latter that they don't trust one another and it can also definitely be both um so we like know that certain things are private and we can know that from malfoy's 
mission to kill Dumbledore. Right. right. That's a very private That was private explicitly thing. said, don't tell anyone. But I also feel like they all want that recognition. Everybody wants a seat at that table. Um, and I feel like if they if they can have this mission and they can do it all themselves and gain all the glory, then they're going to move up in whatever ranking system that he's got set up. Um, which is why they don't trust each other to talk to one another. We even see it in, Oh, I think I'm getting into my other notes. Laura, you can talk to about your little thing here. I'm sorry. No, you can go ahead. Okay. I'm diving into my next point here. Um, we see this at Malfoy Manor when Bellatrix, um, is the only one who knows about the sword being placed in the vault. My brain went spiraling after this. Um, and she knows that that's important, or she also knows that something else is important there. So <laughs> she doesn't know about Horcruxes. Okay. Nobody does. And I don't know. If she knows that multiple important things are placed inside her vault. Um, I don't think she necessarily knows what's in there other than the sword. So it brought up a bunch of questions in my brain. When was the cup placed there? I was going to. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Were they placed at the same time? I don't think so. No. Um, <laughs> I think it probably maybe was when she was broken out and Voldy was back at power uh, after. So that's. Uh, Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Maybe. Could have been before, maybe. We don't know. It could have been any time. Like, it could have even. Been, it was made many moons ago, so it could right, have been during his have, first rise. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought personally. Right. But. And then she gets all up in arms because she knows that something is important in there. Um. So I think it was before the, the downfall spiral. <laughs> That's interesting because. Yeah, it's like you see her get terrified, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think... I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that she's not necessarily terrified of the fact that the sword was taken because it's in her hands. So it's very obviously fear about something else in there. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is like red flag. Because mm -hmm. then... Somebody was in there and the something important is in there. I don't know exactly right. what it is, but it's something important that he told me about and told me he would maybe kill me or whatever, you know, he likes to say. Um, But also the fact that like Malfoy's mission was secret. We know we know that. And then they were like weirdly like trying to like, I'm the person that's going to press the dark mark to get oh my Voldemort God, here. Yes. No, I am. No, me. Like, so everybody's trying to climb ranks, especially Malfoy Sr. because he's in the dumps <laughs> the dumps <laughs> so one one thing that i think about when i think that voldemort gets energy off of the way he pits the uh, death eaters against each other mm -hmm. it's similar to getting energy for making a horcrux by killing people like you divide people against each other and yeah. then the fear that that generates it benefits voldemort uh they you know, the way that the only currency here is favor from him, even though, as we know, that doesn't even pay off. Like when he loves you, you're not any safer. No, no. <laughs> um, but um, I imagine with the uh, the cup and the, the vault, because he just 
invites himself right into Malfoy Manor. Um, I think he resents high up pure bloods the same way he resents anybody else. Mm. Why should they have anything better than him? It all belongs to him. Right. So I can imagine that when Bellatrix, you know, before Harry was a baby, when she was becoming one of his top Death Eaters, you know, could say, my Lord, we have the strongest, oldest, most powerful vault in Gringotts. We can offer you every protection. Like, you know, that was like her bribe. Yeah. Her offering to become important to him. More of a lieutenant. I think she's called like a lieutenant at some point. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely gross. Um... All right. Uh, I have a trigger warning for Nazis here. So if that is something um, that you do not wish to listen to, it's brief, but it is what it is. Okay. So the two of them, Yaxley and Snape, are headed into a pair of wrought iron gates. um, And neither of them have any sort of break in their step to open this gate. They don't stop. They just keep going, and they both raise their left arms in a kind of salute. And immediately my brain goes, because we've just done so many comparisons to Nazis with the Death Eaters and Voldemort, to a Nazi salute. Um, I didn't even catch that. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how. (laughs) And so they pass through as if this gate was smoke. Um, However, uh, it's the opposite arm of a Nazi salute. So it's not exactly um, the same, but it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite arm, but I just thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And it's definitely similar to the barrier that was put at the bottom of the astronomy tower um, because they just go through that because they have their death eater mark, right? The dark mark. Um, and there is a U hedge that muffles the sounds of their footsteps. And U is the same wood that Voldemort's wand is made of. Yes, it's true. And mine. <laughs> oh. I, I really like the way. <laughs> mm. oh. I like the way that uh, that Voldy uses the dark mark this way to sort of melt through barriers he um turns once you get a dark mark he turns your entire person into somebody who can or can't pass as Mm. voldemort pleases in Mm -hmm. life that's his bargain that's his coercive solution to how incredibly lonely he is he gives them that but on the other hand because you have a dark mark from the rest for the rest of your life you have to know what voldemort's feeling all the time you have to think about his emotions you have to let him into your head um, that's his way of forcing people to be his friends because no one's going to be thinking about his feelings otherwise. Mm. Yeah. May I say gross again? Yes. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Okay. So Voldemort's wand is you Phoenix feather core 13 and a half. Sorry. I could not see the text that small. A half inch is long. <laughs> we know that the feather is from Fox and it is essentially the brother of Harry Potter's wand. He gave another feather. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> it is curious. No, I won't quote the whole thing for you. I'm so sorry. The rest of the movie just spills from her lip. Uh, but just know she could. Uh-huh. 
Um, so in 1938, good old Tommy boy travels to Diagon Alley, goes into Ollivander's shop, says, later in life, I'm going to kidnap you and hide you in a basement. No, but he also gets his one this day. It's not great. I'm sorry. <laughs> if we don't laugh, we'll cry. We have to keep going. Um, so yeah, this wand has done horrible things. Um, too many to name for this episode, and it's a lakeful, my friends. So if you have that on your bingo card, go ahead and mark it. Uh Kara already got bingo. Who? Kara. Kara. <laughs> Can you believe that? I've been podcasting. <laughs> uh, can I see the card? Is, can you post it again so I don't have to scroll? Bingo's <laughs> over, Teeth. Gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Is this the right episode? No. I apologize. I pulled up what? the wrong doc. I have a lot of docs open. They're my emotional support tabs. Leave me alone. <laughs> I so understand that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about you. It is a genus of a small coniferous Sorry, ads popped up. Tree or shrubbery. Can you read what website this is from? Fandom. <laughs> Treehugger.com. <laughs> is that the same one? <laughs> oh. Oh, wait, no. That's, that's Peacock. Can oh, you knock it sorry. out of the game? This is from Harry Potter Wiki. God. Sorry. Yes, thank you, Carrie. There was also a yew tree in Little Hangleton Graveyard where we got baby Voldy. Dad was there, dead in the ground. There's a lot of, there's you. It's you. All right, here we go. So there's a rustle to their right, and they saw a pure white peacock. <sighs> I found Are it. also called peafowl. <laughs> <laughs> I found it interesting that there are pure white peacocks that are different than albino peacocks, and this is very specifically called out to be an albino peacock i don't know what this one is the one at malfoy manor is an albino peacock how do you know that does it say that it says it in the text oh i Tiffany. thought it said pure white well but it is it is pure and okay hold on let me rephrase that okay pure white peacock yes is albino peacock but there is actually a pure white peacock that is not albino it is literally just the coloring this one that is at malfoy manor is specifically an albino peacock. so like did the malfoys need the rare of the rare yes an albino one is more rare it basically is what I'm saying. Got Albino, it. more rare, which is like, I, I hold on. I pulled this from, I think it's the wiki or uh, <gasps> it might be the shoot. What is that other one? Um, the, lexicon? the lexicon. Thank you. Somebody so, just blew my mind in what? the chat as well. Hold on. I'm going to find Tharker. Tharker mentioned that William Penn's house also had peacocks. Oh. When they yell, it sounds like a child screaming. And then they said they learned that the hard way. So it says, um, basically, the reasoning behind having albino peacocks is to indicate like the ostentation or like the pretentiousness or vulgarity of the Malfoy family. Mm. Um, and it's also like a hallmark of the old established noble English family. Like I enjoy that. Yeah. Hmm. So I also I don't know. Do you? I don't know if you talk about this, but I pulled where Malfoy Manor is located. I don't. Let me talk about peafowl. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> peafowl. White peafowl are sacred to some. 
This is from treehugger.com that Katie was so excited about. I don't know why it's tree hugger when it's about peafowl, but here we go. Peafowl, peafowl, peafowl. Say it. It's fine. Peafowl, peafowl, peafowl. <laughs> in Hinduism, the most widespread religion in India, where it hails from, they are believed to bring luck and prosperity. Secularly, white has long symbolized cleanliness and purity. So white peacock is associated with purity of mind and spirit. No, I lose. You can try, Malfoy's. It's clean because Dobby was washing his hair. As you sip champagne, oh, it's water. Did I get my champagne's gone? That's a sad tweet. There's another. There's another bottle upstairs. There's also ice cream. Oh, it's empty. (laughs) Yeah. So Kara talks about like peacocks being on the roof. So my sister, I'm sure i've talked about how she lives on like some semi-small farmish place right random two random peacocks random yes peacocks flew and just like decided uh we're we're gonna live here now and she has chickens so she's like whatever just eat this food and stay (laughs) and they would like kip out like in the tops of trees and it was just like a Oh my god! Long little feather tail, just chilling. They're so strange. That's awesome. (sighs) Did she name them? I don't know. It's important information. What do you mean you don't know? They are no longer. You have rando peacocks in the tree, and you don't know their names. Text her. (sighs) Yeah, text her right now. Hey, did you name those peacocks? What were they? Can I say peafowl? Yeah. So. William Penn's farms, according to our good friend, Sarker. Am I saying that right? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, They were on William Penn's farms. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm saying their name right. He didn't actually own them. They just them. showed up. See? These PFAT. Oh, she knew, she like knew what I meant. She goes, star and shine. Oh, how we miss them. <laughs> star and shine. Star and shine. Star and shine. Oh, Shout out to Ashley. Of this episode. Okay. So cute. Yaxley scoffs at this because he's scoffing at the peafowl um, and mentions that Luscious always has done well for himself. And I said, or it's generational wealth, whatever. <laughs> um, and so out of the darkness, we get to see Draco Malfoy's home. Megan has info on this. <laughs> so it is located in Wiltshire, England, which is like southwest England. And that is where Stonehenge is. I thought that was a cool little fact. Mm. Hmm. That's what I know. You can go ahead now. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, quote, a handsome manor house grew out of the darkness at the end of the straight of the straight drive. Lights glinting in the diamond pan downstairs windows. Pained. That's wrong reading. Thank you. Diamond pained downstairs windows. Somewhere in the dark garden beyond the hedge, a fountain. That's a weird way to say that. A pl- fountain was playing. Sounds like it's playing jazz. It's not. It's scuttled. <laughs> <laughs> I got that scuttle. crackled beneath their feet as Snape and Yaxley sped towards the front door, which swung inward at their approach, though nobody had visibly opened it. I call ghosts. <laughs> it's a ghost. It's a ghost. A ghost. A ghoul. Um, and a then once again, I feel like this is very much astronomy tower vibes um, when it was guarded in um half blood when the death eaters just passed and through mm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. straight up haunted though oh 
We already talked about that. Moving on. So they passed down this hallway lined with portraits that followed them as they passed. And I was like, Haunted Mansion vibes are so hard Ooh, right now. Because they're yeah. like following you, right? <laughs> um, and so they stood. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> Sorry. have been dying to have you. <laughs> oh. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so they stood at the door of the drawing room, not to be confused with drawing a chair, Megan. Um, they probably sure? don't have any crayons here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, what's a drawing room? It's not a room where they draw. Yeah, I had to look it up. Because I was like, I've heard of this. Is it like a dining room? It's like an entertaining room. It's like an alternative name for a living room is what um, Wikipedia is telling me. My gram had one of those. You weren't allowed to walk in it. Yeah, I have it in your house, dude. I don't know. It was the dumbest. It's not for you. It was the dumbest. Your like snack fingers. You have an uncomfortable. <laughs> you have an uncomfortable looking couch. Yeah, uh, a dining like, table with the front room. Some yeah. of them are. Some of the furniture might be pink. Oh no, my grams was gold. <laughs> oh, or like damask roses. Oh, oh yes the embroidered yeah. roses I think the purpose of a drawing room though is where you would have like your intellectual discussions about topics <sighs> of the day mm. which is also why children should not be in those rooms oh i'm over here trying to figure out a way to discredit the fact that tiff's acting like i walk around with cheeto fingers all day or something <laughs> where's the lie Catherine? that's legros <laughs> Actually, actually, she walks around with Trader Joe's knockoff brand taquito fingers. No, knockoff takis. Takis, takis. That's right. Oh, those are so good. Oh, my God. Chili lime tortilla rolls. The name derived from the 16th century terms withdrawing room and withdrawing chamber, which remained in use through the 17th century and made their first written appearance in 1642. In a large 16th to early 18th century English house, a withdrawing room was a room to which the owner of the house, his wife, okay, notice that the women aren't the owners, or a distinguished guest who was occupying one of the main apartments in the house, and they could withdraw for more privacy. It was often off of the great chamber and usually led to a formal or state bedroom these sound like rooms that should be in a castle who lives in these places who is the son in modern houses they may be used as a convenient name for a second or further reception room but no particular function is associated with the name no one who has this if you have a drawing room and you call it a drawing room i want to know because i think this is out and i want to know what tax bracket you're in This room is not set up how it usually is. The furniture is pushed to the side and away from everything else and replaced as a long, ornate table. Fun fact, Katie and I saw that long and or- 
ornate table at the uh, Leavesden Studios tour. They have the Malfoy's dining room, whatever the heck wow. setup it is there. Nice. With um, didn't they have Charity yep. hanging from the ceiling? I mean, Ooh. she's just like you know a dummy, but you got the effect. Like a, like a chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> I I love the image of Voldy shoving all their furniture to the side and turning this into his private little mm, space right. because he has been living in the riddle house this whole time that place <sighs> is falling apart he killed the only guy that was taking care of it right. it's crumbling uh. you know is this a fitting abode for the heir of slytherin i think not and I just imagine him cackling when he decided that he was going to punish the Malfoys. Like, oh, good, I get to live in their house now. They, yeah. they have to do everything I say. Uh, he is reveling and humiliating them. I just like, yeah. imagine him being like a person that would like, I don't know. Like, I just can't picture him doing any normal human things. Like taking a shower. Yes. You know he doesn't. You can picture Voldemort taking a shower. I, no, she said no, she can't. I said, yes, I cannot. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Can't food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the picture of. Um, no, I just. At least in. I can't. The only thing I see him doing is like sitting in a high back chair ordering people around and yeah. it's not even got a cushion on it. I you know what I mean? I, I thought you were going to say ordering pizza. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I, I really kind of like that either. image. <laughs> yeah. Does he eat? Just, just I don't souls. think he has to. Yeah. Oh. Um. But yeah, this this is no longer a home. This is a headquarters. Um, and I think this affects, you know, Draco as well as, you know, the other people who are residing there. Mo morale is very very low within the Malfoy family. Um, your safe space. As safe as it was, which we don't think it was that safe for Draco. Um, but it's not that anymore. It is the headquarters of an active war. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, in the chat, Kendra is asking, why didn't Voldemort just kill some muggles and take over their house? He needs servants. That's what the mm -hmm. Malfoys are now. Yeah. Everybody's got to do his bidding. You can't kill yeah. him and get rid of him. Especially Lucius. Right. All Lucius has done up to this point is fail him. Correct. So, you know, just wait till his wand breaks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slap Quack Shana said, Probs also doesn't want to live in a stanky muggle house. <laughs> stanky <laughs> muggle house. Stanky. I like that. Um, The lights are super low. It's a very depressing mood. Um, I would never be able to live like that. So I can't imagine these people are hanging on very well. Um, and there's also a figure hanging upside down, unconscious, over the table, revolving slowly as if suspended by an invisible rope. Um, not only is this person there in the flesh for these people to see, but... It is also reflected in the polish that's on the table and from a large mirror that is in the room, essentially making it inescapable to see. And no one who's sitting at this ornate table is looking up at this person who is hanging 
except a pale young man sitting below. He's unable to prevent himself from looking up at the figure every minute or so. And this is obviously our Draco Malfoy. Yikes. And if you want to know how did she shorten that content, I certainly did. That was a very small section of this chapter that we just talked about for God knows how long. Yeah, that's why this is what we're doing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but back to Snape. Right. <laughs> yep. Now back to Snape. Um, I love this moment. He's being he's been promoted mm-hmm. to right hand man when you know Voldy says sit down on my right. So I had to look up the beginning of uh, Half Blood Prince when uh, he the welcoming feast when Dumbledore announces him as the new defense mm. professor. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's when it says yes Snape is sitting at Dumbledore's right. So it's a oh. parallel. And I just, he's done it. He's done it. Hmm. And, you know, of course, um, oh, and when he's at Dumbledore's right hand, Dumbledore doesn't have a right hand anymore. (laughs) So, like, he's he's really, you know, that's that's what he's doing for Dumbledore. But, of course, Voldy has to make a bigger deal out of seating preferences. Like, he has to really milk it for competition. Jeez Louise. Milk it like Nagini had to be milked to keep him yes. alive. Yes, that's right. Gross. Oh, Call this episode gross. Gross. Um, KDK in the chat says, "I think the right hand of God." Um, in this part, which is a very mm. interesting thought as well. <sighs> so we have. Wow, my voice. Just yeah, cracked. I don't know. Sorry. You just got very emotional. We have, <laughs> we have Voldemort uh, acknowledge Yaxley and Snape finally, and he says, "You are very nearly late." Um, but like Laurie said, he calls out exactly where he wants them to sit. So he says, "Severus here," indicating the seat on his immediate right. Yaxley beside Dalahov. Um, and everyone is looking at Snape. As he sits there. I wonder who had that seat before. Was it Bellatrix? I I should have looked that up. I don't know if we have an example of that. The Yaxley seat? No, no, no. Snape. Who sat to the right of Voldemort before now? You know what I mean? Like who? Probably. I would think no one since Lucius left the spot. I feel like Lucius had that spot when... Like in he Goblet. When he didn't know that Snape was on his side, quote unquote, air quotes. Mm. Um, but yeah. I feel like he got demoted real fast. I don't like that, but I like it. I'm actually kind of surprised that it would have been him over Bellatrix. Lucius? Yeah. But I guess well, maybe. He's a man. That's what I was going to say. Oof. I was like, there's Truth probably. Truth spoken. Sorry. Sexism there. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Um, so this is but where it would also benefit Voldemort to keep moving them around. Would true keep them on them t- their toes. Everybody's mm-hmm. fine yeah. for the spot. It keeps it a co- as a competition, mm-hmm. like all the time. Um. Oh, Morgan, good call. Lucius was in charge over Bellatrix during the Hall of Prophecies battle. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is when Snape drops his news. He says, my lord, the Order of the Phoenix intends to move Harry Potter from his current place of safety on Saturday next at nightfall. And I then, have a question. Yes. And Lori might know 
does Snape ever call Voldemort Voldemort? I know he says Dark Lord, my Lord. I don't think he does. I don't think so. Does I don't he, think so. Does he call him even he I don't think any of them do. Or you know who? I don't think any any of always Lord, right? Yeah. There's always Lord yeah. in mm-hmm. there. <gasps> That's just, what he likes to be called, I disgusting. guess. <laughs> um I have a question cuz I tried so hard to figure okay well hold on let me read this bit first and then i have a do question okay do it up so this next little bit i thought was really interesting because it is like one of it is a really intense moment of legitimacy and occlumency mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. in this moment between voldemort and snape and you can tell because of how it's written so it says this is talking about voldemort his red eyes fastened upon snape's black ones with such intensity that some of the watchers looked away apparently fearful mm. That yeah. they themselves would be scorched by the ferocity, 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 yeah, ferocity, ferocity of the gaze. <clears throat> Snape, however, looked calmly back into Voldemort's face, and after a moment or two, Voldemort's lipless mouth curved <laughs> into something like a smile. Okay, first of all, lipless. <laughs> I heard the ferocity of the gaze. Like, oh, hey! I was like, what? Happy Pride! Happy Pride! <laughs> I was like, Those what? Are fair. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. Gaze. Z-E. Like gazer beam? Yeah. Like a gazer beam. So this is when Snape says, from the source we discussed. Ugh. I Secrecy. truly... I dig this moment. I truly... I we have to who who is it Mundungus okay but how because Snape told him the plan Snape suggested the plan but did he confund him yes yes okay so Mundungus is just dumb enough to get confunded Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) I don't I don't think that necessarily makes him dumb Snape is a very talented sure sure, wizard oh my god okay Okay, I guess I was just kind of like the only who would trust Snape to talk to him, but but he's he... confounded. Okay, yeah, he brings it up well, as his own, which okay, Order of the Phoenix. We're all being like, yeah, I'm a Nungus great idea. <laughs> I mean, the it man is a good they call Dung, <laughs> but like even the date, he confounds him and tells him the date and everything just doesn't know that there's going to be seven he has the thing to about do the right. is he's a weak link and an easy target because his motivations are super clear right he's only motivated by greed so why do you want to learn a new language where would you use it how would it come in handy maybe you have an upcoming international trip maybe you want to connect with family and friends learn about a new culture want to understand certain pop culture things? Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. 
These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like. And my favorite is the jalapeno grilled chicken, cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious flexible for your schedule get as much or as little as you need by choosing from six to 18 meals per week plus you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime no prep no mess factor meals are 100 ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping cooking no cleanup all of that head to factormeals.com slash flick 50 and use code FLICK50 to get 50% off. That's code FLICK50 at factormeals.com slash FLICK50 to get 50% off. Right. He doesn't have loyalties. None. So 
it's super simple to say something to make mandangas follow you and think that whatever you want is going to be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And that, so he goes in and does that. And I love that we see Snape's math here. How much does he have to sacrifice in order to get Voldemort to believe him? He has to tell Voldemort the truth. You know, it's going to, he has to tell him the correct date and he has to take the risk that they're going to possibly get the correct Harry Potter. But that's going to enable him to withstand the legitimacy. Whereas if he tried to lie and not tell him the correct date, then that would jeopardize him more. He would, and Voldemort right. would be able to see seat, it. Essentially, you know, right. If he gets this this date incorrect. And like all he wants at this point is to make sure that he gets made headmaster at Hogwarts. He has to stay close in order to do what he's supposed to do. So to get Harry up until the very end. So the same way that Mundungus has a really ob- obvious motivation, once you say anything greedy to him, he'll just follow you. But also Snape has figured out Voldemort. You know, if you tell him the truth about Harry Potter, then he'll just think you're telling the truth. Mm, <laughs> like he'll right. he won't understand that there's other deception happening. Right. And just the way that he looks so calm, like he he's got it down. He totally knows how to do this. He yeah. has fooled this guy so many times before he knows. Yeah. Um, they're talking in the chat about Dumbledore's portrait. But that doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, what? What does Dumbledore's portrait? Why doesn't that make sense? Because Snape had to flee before the portrait would have existed. No? What's the question on this? Sorry. Okay. The question is, did Dumbledore's portrait help conceive the plan? But that doesn't fit. I don't. Because I read that too and I got really, and that's whenever I started spiraling and I was like, this doesn't make sense. How could? So I think you're thinking that Snape wasn't allowed at Hogwarts. But before he got the position, and I don't think that that's true in the slightest. I think Dumbledore's funeral happened. Kids left. Death Eaters said, I don't care. Bleeps. We're coming in. So you think that they already have control of Hogwarts? Immediately, almost. Yeah. I mean, think how fast this uh, whole Muggle Registration Commission came into being and whatnot. I think that there maybe maybe a couple of weeks could have went by. Right. But um, it was enough time for him to talk to Dumbledore's portrait, which we see in um, The Prince's Tale. Um, And I don't know if necessarily Dumbledore came up with this plan, but he encouraged Snape that the date and time must be correct to make it look as if it was truly real, which it was. The only thing that they didn't know was the suggestion of the seven. Right. Okay. I was thinking that Snape wouldn't have had access to the office until the school year Who's started. Who's going to stop him? Yeah. The well, other- it's just like, sorry, go ahead, Lori. The The way that I read portraits, it, it wasn't that Dumbledore had the idea and gave it to Snape. Right. It's just, he's just a painting. Correct. Right. The he, portrait. He's imbibed with the thought processes of yeah. Dumbledore. It focuses your memory of the person. Right. And right. what they would have said. So, so it wouldn't it's, be anything it's just new. like a... Pardon? It yeah. wouldn't necessarily it's... be anything new. Right, yeah. You know, since he doesn't have the real Dumbledore there to talk to, 
but he misses him and he he wants someone to help him plan so he looks at the portrait Bounces and like well ideas. what would dumbledore yeah. say oh maybe i should try Mon-. you know but it was still snape's idea right okay that's that's my read i like when i read that initial um thought online i was like <laughs> but you literally see him flee hogwarts as soon as he kills dumbledore there was no stopping right. in the in because i know it's immediate like i know that that portrait is there as soon as he dies like i know that that's how that works right. but i was just like it does there was no time for him to go in there before he flees the school here is also so it was after the funeral you're saying i would mm-hmm. think because he has to be gone he can't be at hogwarts after right murder someone that everybody knows everybody thinks it's a murder right yeah but what you have to remember is the magic within hogwarts itself that room those portraits knew the truth right and heard the conversations and we always say that we know that Ho- we think hogwarts is sentient um so that room wouldn't have refused him like it right. refused umbridge yeah yeah so like the room the it's like come on up you don't need a password <laughs> it's dumbledore anyway so mm-hmm. yeah okay um, I was can I go th- back into your part for a little bit? Because I feel like people forget this and yeah. it's just really quick. Um, describing Voldemort, hairless, snake-like, oh, yeah. slits for nostrils, red eyes, vertical pupils. I don't want people to get that image out of their head. We think of, how do you say his name? Rafe Fiennes? Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. I'm sorry, sir. I don't know how to say your name. <laughs> Who listens to the podcast? I need to listen to him say it so I can like put it in my brain because I'm probably I know I've heard it correctly. Um, don't let that Voldemort be in your head when you're reading this because Voldemort's scary as heck, and the actor's kind of cute. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when you said vertical pupils, I thought of horizontal pupils, and then I thought of a goat, and I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> She said vertical. <laughs> Morgan did find the part in chapter 33 that talks about. He says, like, remember, you must it, have. It says you will XYZ. have to give Voldemort the correct date of Harry's departure from his aunt and uncles. Right. Not to do so will raise suspicion right. when Voldemort believes you so well informed. However, right. you must plant the idea of decoys that I think ought to ensure Harry's safety. Try confunding Mundungus Fletcher and Severus. If you are forced to take part in the chase, be sure to act your part convincingly. I'm counting upon you to remain in Lord Voldemort's good books as long as possible, or Hogwarts will be left to the mercy of the Caros. Yes. That is basically Dumbledore saying if you need to kill an order member, you kill an order member. Uh, that's how I took it. Act your part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, well, if, it, if that's what needs to be done by you, you need to do it. George was an accident, though. For sure. Yeah, but that's just Dumbledore saying you need to act the part, mm. even if that means you have to do something you don't necessarily really want to do. Strategic with your wand work. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Um, yeah. Also, the fact that it says uh, Voldemort's skin is so pale he seemed to emit a pearly glow. Hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That was what I thought you were gonna say. I'm getting sweaty, you guys. I gotta take this hoodie off. That makes me think of my glow in the dark Starbucks cup. It it glows. I just, I just think of those like really cheap fish at the store that you can like say all their innards. (laughs) 
That's that a picture of Voldemort that picture. Morgan just shared. Literally, I see that, and all I think is. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, so this is when Yaxley is like, "My lord, I've heard differently." Can we put pearly glows on your list? Yes, Kay. sure. Do it, but not me, right? Like I'm pretty pale. No, not okay, you. you. I can't see your innards. Do I, do I have my own glow though? Yes. Yeah. Okay, thanks. It's ferociously gay. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love how like as Yaxley is describing what he heard through the aura office, Snape just smiles and he's mm. like, "Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I heard that was going to be said. There's going to be a false trail." Um, and he then he says my source told me that there are plans to lay a false trail this must be it no doubt a confundus charm has been placed upon dollish it would not be the first time he's known to be susceptible which the is kind smile, of funny the smile is such yeah. a slam dunk in your face where the glass breaks <laughs> but i also yeah. kind of think that it's double-ended smile because he's also like and i also confunded someone <laughs> <laughs> who is susceptible and laid a false trail here and it's just like I don't know it's just uh, it's a little good. funny it's very good um, and then the sass just makes me laugh how <gasps> Yaxley is like I assure you my lord Dolish seemed quite certain and then Snape is like if he's been confunded naturally he is certain I assure you Yaxley the or office will play no further part in the protection of Harry Potter the order believes that we have infiltrated the ministry I love this Which part. Is not read, it, a lie. read it as sh- as it should be. The next line, the quote: "The order's got one thing right." Then a eh? no, do what? it better. <laughs> the order's got one thing right. A eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love like- squat man sitting a short distance from Yaxley. He gave a oh a wheezy giggle. Okay, hold on. The order's got one thing right. Then a eh? <laughs> 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 it's goofy. <laughs> it's goofy's a death eater. <laughs> That's a wheezy giggle that you just gave now. <laughs> you guys, one of the peacocks was white that my sister had. Look. What? What? Is Look it albino it. or pure white? No. it's. Does it have red eyes? It's got like black feathers too, I think. Does it have red <laughs> eyes? Kara, ma'am, that was a guffaw. Listen, I did my best, okay? <laughs> I probably shouldn't scream since James is going to bed, but you know. <laughs> Send the picture. I she did. did. Where? <laughs> no, oh, the picture I see it. of the two Disney Coke. Oh, Coke? that's a cute yes. bird. And I don't like birds, but they're that's a cute birds. bird. They're just wee birds with big dreams. Oh, sure. Anyway, it's my turn. Yeah, it? that's me. I'm All done. Right. All right. Peace. Nice job. Thanks. Voldemort, he don't laugh. <laughs> he don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that, that was, was so, so good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Thanks. I'm so proud of you. My heart. Thanks. I try. Aww. He didn't do that, though. That's later. <laughs> uh, he's apparently lost in thought. And he actually tries again. This whole My whole part is he actually trying to get some sort of approval. <laughs> he's like, but wait, me. Yeah, but me. hold on. But wait, look over here. Uh-huh. He tells him that. Dolish thinks that an entire party of oars is going to be used to move Harry, but Dumbledore stops him. He holds up. Dumbledore? A, I mean, son of a, Voldemort. Oh, <laughs> stops him. We do this all the hey, time. Let's Take do a, shot. a running count this book. 
right? We're okay. at one. That's can we do one. a tally chart? Can we do yeah, a tally? Yeah, can we do a pay, like a uh, something with Danny DeVito in the chat? <laughs> You're just giving Vinny more work. I'm sorry, we don't Vinny. really have things to like measure anymore. Yeah, so it's we could be this. measure the size of Voldemort's hand because it's always described as large, and I don't know why. And I was seriously trying to look up something like this because we were talking about court the other day. All these people have long fingers and large hands. I was trying to look up like, does it represent power? Does it represent attractiveness? That's inappropriate. What? But I couldn't find anything. <laughs> well, you're talking about Corey. You know what that is about. Oh. No, but literally, like, I was, like, so sure if I looked it up, it'd be like, this symbolizes, like, someone with power. No, it didn't. It was no? just, like, a lot of weird stuff. Maybe or, like, like palmistry, which is cool, but not what I was looking for. got the power. Play in the panio. I don't know. Panio? My well, name is Anyway. Guys, I was trying to be profesh, okay? But whatever. You started with his life. I, I need to let you true. know that I cannot get out of my head. <laughs> I just keep singing over and over. I want to see my pee foul foul foul. <laughs> my pee foul foul. <laughs> pee foul. <sighs> Sorry, I just needed to let everybody know that. Oh, man. Anyway. So, Yaxley's looking all resentful because Voldemort turns back to Snape. And he's clearly deciding that his information is better. And he asks where they're going to hide the boy next. And it hit me that, like, he probably refers to them as that for an insult. Because Harry literally, like, okay, yes, until this book, he's a child. He's still a child. Yes, he is. But, like, you know that it's a dig. Yeah, definitely. I also... (gasps) Go ahead. Oh, never mind. I think he says his name later on. I was going to say, I want to pay attention to see name. if he says it later. But he does. He says there have been many errors or something like that. When it comes Potter, to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Snape goes on and says that he's going to be hidden at the home of one of the Order. And according to his source, every protection that the Order and Ministry can provide is going to be wherever this house is or whatever this place is. And he thinks there's going to be little chance of taking him while he's there unless the Ministry has ministry fallen by next Saturday. Because then they could like undo the enchantments, blah blah blah. If Sissy and Bella wanted to chit chat with their sister, they could get to him. She would never. I know. She would never. Dramada would never. I know, because she's cool. Yeah. Dramada. I love that reaction that we don't see in the movies when Harry meets her and like oh, thinks that she's Bella. Yeah. yeah. Do think you think she's Bella Andromeda and Narcissa ever like reconcile later no. in life? No. No. I doubt it. If Harry and Dudley never did really i mean i know they did but they like never like no they did they did no Wait. they did but they never like met up later in life i think anything. they did no, they did what I thought harry and it was Dudley. in the chat like that chat she did after oh. seven it's i think they would I like get before. together for some holidays i thought i thought yeah. they were like on christmas card terms that might be petunia. that might be petunia mm-hmm. which she can go I mean, yeah, I would like that, but I could have said other Petunia things. is not even worth sending a Christmas card to. I would put a freaking sock and a 50 cent piece in there. Send her back one of Vernon's old socks. Truly. Oh <laughs> a broken teacup. Here you oh, go. Here you no, go. that would cost way too much to ship. I'd send her a paperclip. That would cost. That would Where's just be a stamp. Where's the chat? I thought I saved it. This is a safe tweet. Katie, keep going. We'll we'll figure it out. Okay. So Voldemort turns back to Yaxley, and now he's kind of like mocking. He's like, so will the ministry be fallen by next Saturday? (laughs) You know, Yaxley's trying to be all like, you know, 
important squares shoulders. He's like, I have good news on that. He says, I have with difficulty and after great effort succeeded in placing an imperious curse upon pious thickness. Like, why do you have to put that in there? Like, stop. Because <laughs> well, he wants you. a seat at the table. You're a kiss butt. Stop. He wants to be Voldemort's right hand man. Smoochy, smoochy. So people around him, <laughs> people around him look oh. impressed. Dolohov claps him on the back. Can't stand that guy. Claps. He sucks. Uh, Voldemort, of course, is not as easily impressed. He just says it's a start, but that's one man, and he wants Scrimger surrounded by people before he acts because one wrong failed attempt on killing the minister is going to set him back a lot. So he actually super wants to impress Voldy, so he keeps going on. He's like, but Thickness is the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. He talks to the minister himself and all the heads of all the other departments. Which I got confused and thought, I was like, oh, he must have taken over for Scrimger. But that's not right because Scrimger was head of the Aura Office, not the Magical Law Enforcement. He took over after Amelia Bones was murdered. Because apparently mm. she was head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, which seems, uh, I don't know. If she's supposed to be like such an airhead, that seems like not the best position for somebody. I wonder if she was put there on purpose to be controlled. Mm. Mm, that's sad. Or Thanks for turning that one into a big weep womp. I'm sorry. Weep womp. womp. Jinx. Both of you owe me a <laughs> I'm gonna Who take you a lot out of a lot of like, yeah, a lot of jinxes other people's jinxes. So I'm gonna start doing it. <laughs> she got me the other day. She's good. She I know. Got me the other day too. She's when real we were quick. Babysitting. And she'll do. She and I. This sounds strange. We'll breathe alike. So we'll like <laughs> sigh at the same time. The thing. <gasps> she'll go jinx and she'll jinx. She'll oh jinx my the way you breathe. God, everyone, thank you. I got Bertha Jorkins and Amelia Bones mixed <gasps> up. Uh-huh. Amelia Bones. She's. As Mia put, She's awesome. the dope woman at Harry's hearing. Yes, that's correct. I was thinking of Bertha Jorgens. I'm sorry. Correction. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, me Well done, either. chat. So now, yeah, I'm sorry. Both of them were murdered by Voldemort. So that's sad. Yes, yeah, so Amelia Bones he is, is garbage. Truly. He's garbage. Voldemort. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So Voldemort's not 100% convinced that, like, this is going to mean it's going to be, like, easier and blah, blah, blah. But regardless, he's like, whatever, the ministry's not going to fall by next Saturday, so we got to catch Harry while he's traveling. Um, He actually, again, trying to get some kind of approval, he's like, but we've got people planted at the Department of Magical Transportation, so if he apparates, blues, we're going to know right away. And I can, like, feel, I mean, he doesn't, but I can, like, feel Snape rolling his eyes, like come on dude he's like they're not going to travel that way because anything regulated by the ministry the order doesn't trust right. no way right <clears throat> but Voldemort's like well that's a good thing because Harry would have to move in the open so it should be easier to take him and then my section ends with Voldemort um basically sealing his own grave as most villains do with monologues and like needing to be the one that does whatever he says, I shall attend to the boy in person. There have been too many mistakes when Harry Potter is concerned. Some of them have been my own. That Potter lives is due more to my errors than to his triumphs. You know what? If he would have just let somebody else do it a long time ago. Yep. Or instead of like needing to like have this big, huge speech in the graveyard. You know. 
What is going on? <laughs> why, why are you guys doing weird tongue signals at each other? There's like <laughs> winking. And... I went oh, to Tiffany. Lori, you're being too quiet. I forgot you were watching. <laughs> yes. oh, man. I just very um, importantly asked Carrie to take the ice cream cake out of the That's freezer. Ah. <laughs> I got Carrie, I know you're still listening. You are a vital part of this night. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, yes, she is. Oh, well, she muted us. <laughs> so she can't hear <laughs> Well, you still are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Oh, wow. So I love Voldy's little, you know, some of those were my errors. I, I love the yeah. faux humility, humility, the right. faux introspection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. look, look, I can I can admit that I've done some things wrong. I love that this is the key concept. One of the key concepts in book seven, I shall attend to the boy in person. I also love the slapstick comedy horror that we get so many times in book seven, where the other Death Eaters don't realize how important that is. And they just keep like accidentally almost killing him and thinking how funny that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that supposes that what Voldemort really wants is Harry Potter to be dead. And that's not actually what he wants. Although he doesn't understand that himself. Mm-hmm. Although Dumbledore did, which is why this is all his Dumbledore's plan. What Voldemort does is he yearns for Harry. Hmm. He yearns to meld with Harry because Harry is the only person who could possibly have answers for him. Mm. And Harry somehow has been healed from, you know, a lot of pain because of his mother's love. And that's Voldy's last chance. If he latches onto Harry and can get Harry to heal him too, that's his life. He just, he just needs to get Harry to like talk to him. He can't have him be killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what Voldy wants is either he's going to kill Harry successfully and then he'll be free of the fear that he's not omnipotent. So he, you know, that's like a sign that he can just do whatever he wants. Or he's going to keep chasing Harry until he finally gets Harry cornered so that he doesn't manage to escape again. And he's going to force Harry to engage with him, probably by possessing him, mm-hmm. since that's that's his like one trick. And if Harry manages to survive a point blank of Kedavra from Voldemort, then he will have been the first person in Voldemort's life that could ever put a limit on Voldemort's power. And that is a dream come true because from infancy, that's what babies and children want when, you know, any, any human, any baby, any child can be murderously angry. That's a human trait. And that, that, you know, that scares them. You scare yourself when you're that angry. And if you have a grown up who loves you, they can take that and contain it and say, I understand what you're feeling. It's okay. I'm strong enough to prevent you from doing that much damage. And later on, when you're calmed down, I will still love you. Mm-hmm. And that was never provided for Voldemort. Nobody could ever stop him from destroying anything he wanted. And that is terrifying. Yeah. That's what made him a monster is that terror. And he thought, you know, is there any limit to my evil? Is there any limit to my power? Why is everybody so stupid and vulnerable? He never had any answers. And then there was this hope that was held out to him that there's this baby that's going to be born that's going to be able to stop him. Oh, well, 
maybe somebody will finally have an answer for me. Mm. And these doofus Death Eaters are going to kill Harry for him? No! (laughs) No! Nobody kill him! I want him! Right. You know, and... You know, he's, he he may want to kill Harry, but he wants the answers out of him first. Uh, and he doesn't know it because he is not aware of the fragment of his soul that lives in Harry. There is part of Voldemort's soul that wants to be sheltered and protected and nurtured. And that's the part that went to Harry. And Voldemort doesn't feel it. He doesn't or know that's the, happened. The bond that tethers Harry to life while he lives. And that's why... He d- like he doesn't he know he kind of, of sort of knows that but he doesn't know what it means he doesn't know how to put it together right i don't think because he, he realizes it, it tethers harry to life because that even confuses harry he's like wait i thought it was neither could live while the other survives um that's the way it tethers harry to life is um the secret to a successful unforgivable is you have to mean it Mm-hmm. Voldy doesn't mean it when he tries to AK Harry. He doesn't know okay. he doesn't mean it. <laughs> okay. That's officially Why would I'm he calling not mean now. it? Because he has hope that Harry still has answers for him. And he's also connecting with the part of himself, his soul that's in Harry, that's fighting him. So, hmm. you know, when when he tries to attack Harry, no matter what wand he uses... When he tries to attack Harry, there's something in Harry that recognizes him and fights back. And that's the part of Voldemort that doesn't want Harry dead because Harry might have answers for him. Is that, are you drawing that from the curious look that he gives him before he casts Avada? Yeah, that, I mean, the whole way, so we're now... Okay, so are we, like, jumping to the opposite end of Deathly Hallows now for this? I don't know. I shouldn't have asked that question. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. I've never Um, thought of it that way before. I'm going to have to think more on that. Mm -hmm. But actually, yeah, I'm I'm jumping forward to um, the Battle of the Seven Potters Mm. and what happens between their wands. All right. Um, But but yeah, the the whole concept of I shall attend to the boy in person... Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't mean Harry's corpse. He wants Harry alive in front of him. Well, and, that's, and then I feel like yeah. that's why we also get that them circling each other in the Great Hall, having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Why would he let Harry talk? Harry was giving him answers. He wanted to hear. He wanted to yeah. know. Because there was this a is... lot that he doesn't. Tom. <laughs> well, this is um, Tom is almost immortal imagine that you're gonna you've made yourself immortal you're gonna live your whole life and the only person who might have an answer for you might just die (laughs) then you're you're stuck living Mm. forever without any answers i don't know but you know that's all he wants he does he already has everything else in life this is what he this is what he doesn't have It's just not like a, a perspective I've ever thought about. Never it's interesting. Yeah. Never I need to let that sink in. I would want to like reread with that thought process to like yeah. see what I take from it. You know what I mean? Interesting. Very interesting. Uh oh. When people say interesting, it usually means I haven't gotten the point across. 
no no it's just no i get it it's just i've thought about it in one perspective for so long correct that it's hard to like switch and think about it that way does that make Mm -hmm. sense you have more opportunities mm -hmm. laurie don't you oh for (laughs) sure for sure no it's just i mean i have read deathly hollows how many times over a span of how many years and i've always just read it as lily's sacrifice so to like right it's that, almost, that it's, blood running coursing through him still essentially living was what i thought not the meaning behind casting the curse right i thought that that was the tether yeah is this because that was the moment that dumbledore really got like excited for harry was after goblet right whenever yeah voldemort took some of his blood because mm-hmm. he's like that could tether him to life correct that's why he was so Mm, lack of good words willing to be like sacrifice him right pig for slaughter type deal because he thought and his guesses are usually correct that he would be that harry would have a second opportunity to fight is this where i go into more of why i think this no or should i wait for later you have to wait (laughs) okay (laughs) all right because you know we would be here for hours yeah all right um save it uh so i will say um (laughs) one last thing that i love about this though is that yes please um voldemort's self-doubt it's partly been encouraged by snape lying to him that harry has no talents and isn't special that sounds like something that's meant to comfort voldemort but it actually undermines him you know like okay if harry's not special then what is wrong with me right and so yeah. that's like another thing that i like that snape does okay i am done for now Lori's <laughs> like i can't wait to come back it's <laughs> okay like we said this is uh, part one of three of just this chapter so all right i'm gonna pull a couple lightning bolt questions um we're gonna we got so many oh yeah. i'm i'm gonna pull five Okay. Okay. Mike asks, what moment in this book will make Tiff cry first? Oh. Well, starting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already happened. Um I I think that there's potential during the Seven Potters chapter. Oh yeah, maybe. Am I answering this? You, I mean, you can. What do, what do you think your moment? What do you think your moment will be? It will probably be Hedwig because there's so much meaning behind her death. <sighs> yeah. I also get really emotional. I'm, I'm answering this for me, too. Sorry. I get really emotional whenever um, he's at Privet Drive and it's just kind of. I get emotional when he thinks about sneaking off and playing PlayStation when they leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Hardly can't believe he fit yeah. in the cupboard and, and whatnot. Because it's like a nod to the readers for sticking around as well. Like yeah. She, she threw us. And again, just like that callback to one. and Yeah. It's all emotional. <laughs> this one is fun. Um, I lost it. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Katie K asks. You're Voldy. How early do they need to be before the set time before they're late? <laughs> because Yaxley and Snape were very, very nearly, nearly late. late. What um, does that mean? 
I think maybe a minute. Yeah. To be <laughs> yeah. To be early is no wait. Early is on time. On time, on time to is late. late and to be late is to not stall. Yeah. Don't come at like, me. I guess I'm not going places. So. I know, right? <laughs> me either. Holy moly. Uh let's see. Oh, this is cool. Okay. Sam asks. Now that you've read the first chapters of all the books, which is your favorite and least favorite openings? Oh, I don't know. My least favorite is Goblet of Fire. Okay, that's my favorite. What? (laughs) Because it shows that Harry's a seer. (laughs) Are you serious? I kind of like Frank. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like Frank. (laughs) No, I think that might be my favorite because it was the one that switched it up. It's so mysterious. And you're right. Like, we're like, who's Frank Bryce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I then mean, Harry you, wakes up and his scars are all You know, buzzing. I've said a million times when I would reread that book, I'd skip that freaking chapter every time I hated it. Foolish. <laughs> Absolute foolery. <laughs> Tom foolery. Oh, no. No. Anybody else have a least favorite? Okay. Lori, you obviously can Whatever, answer these you guys two. Up. <laughs> Tiff, do you have a least favorite? I think my favorite is Deathly Hollows. Actually. I'm trying to remember. What's the first chapter of Half-Blood Prince? The Other Minister. Yeah. Oh, that one's a, a good cool one. one. I think that cool. might be my favorite, actually. What's your favorite book, though? I don't know. Oh, shoot. What's your favorite book? I don't know. I think it might, which is really funny because I just said the first chapter is like my least favorite chapter, yeah, but Goblet. I really love Goblet of Fire. Goblet's a good reread as an adult. Um, least? I just hate Aunt Marge. Maybe three. Oh, God. She's the worst. Mm. Yeah. Well, she's she's good answer. Is that in the first chapter? I, I think so. They're just so awful in that. I mean, they're awful all the time, but they're like really particularly terrible in three. Yeah. I really like the third one, but that's obviously my favorite book. But I like that the first chapter is called Outpost and the last chapter is called Outpost again. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the very first episode of that book. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Got it right this time. Lori, do you have a favorite or least favorite? I have been trying to think they're all different i don't remember the first chapter of the second book i know i was trying to I think, think that he too. sees like tennis ball eyes out of a shrub oh yeah oh, oh. squiggly wiggly he's like hanging out it's hot right? teasing dudley mm-hmm. i i do love the goblet of fire chapter but i think that's one that loses a lot of people because it's birthday, a different yeah. genre it's suddenly an adult novel mid-20th century post-war adult british novel like out of nowhere goblet and then yeah yeah and then you have harry waking up like he's dreamed the whole thing so i think it's brilliant but i it's so different in age from the end of book three yeah uh so that's quite jarring um i think maybe my favorite might be the first chapter of um order of the phoenix because you get you get smack into every problem that Harry has and how it feels for him. Yeah, that's a tough and book. That's I also kind of ap- I approve of his bratty mood there. I approve of his mood like, throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Pardon? I said I approve of his mood throughout the entire thing. 
Like, just he's like, come on, Dudley, take a swing at me. Mm-hmm. I'm just dying to start a fight. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> we got any more? I don't know how many that was. Yes. Uh, I think that was three. Three. Anna asks, does Voldemort eat? If yes, what is his go-to meal? <laughs> God, I want to say no, but that doesn't make any sense because he's a human. Mm-hmm. He's barely human. He... Can you? Oh, okay. You know how they drinks McKinney's away, milk away the yeah. Okay. So they away Cocktail. the poo, right? Yeah. Scourge Can he the like poo. just be like filler upper? No. Maybe he enjoys not McKinney's snacks, poo. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about how that sounded coming out. What if Voldemort's right. favorite snack is goldfish but crackers? But what if what if he takes on? He's trying to turn himself into a what snake. If he likes what if he graham takes crackers? On those preferences. Wheat and rats, Wormtail, I'm looking into you. Earlier, I think it was Carolyn said that he was on the unicorn blood diet. I just don't yeah. see him the, like the juice cleanse. Yeah, the, yeah, you see him sitting down cleanse. and being like, This I'd grilled like chicken's to great. Dive into this meal. Right? I like a Southwest salad. <laughs> I'll take the all American burger. Maybe he likes Fish a good cob salad. <laughs> blood pudding. Season. Like, can you see him Caesar sitting down salad. for like Sunday roast? No. Doesn't I don't I can't maybe he see likes it. Yorkshire puds. You don't no, know. He's don't all those puds. are two holy <laughs> <laughs> so offensive. Why? That's a... <laughs> Why is that offensive? I don't know. Puds. It's mm. <laughs> <laughs> a bad taste. No, Yorkshire puds are delicious. <sighs> You're welcome. <sighs> We have another. Like, yes. All of Meg's <laughs> <laughs> Geraniums are his favorite food. <laughs> CJ Marie asks, which mission gave Snape the most anxiety? And where do we think the seven potters ranks? I think I pretty think high. Dumbledore. I mean, it's pretty yeah. high because Harry's in the open. Yeah. But I think like the most anxiety would probably be years one through six. He can't stay on that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knowing Bro. that he has to kill Dumbledore had not necessarily, well, yeah, anxiety, but just more so dread than anything right. for that. It's an inevitable thing that's happening. Right. The worst moment had to be like when he realized Voldemort was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. He was afraid. He was trying to get out. Yeah. But I don't think he was afraid for himself. No. Can I get into this? I'm going to do we? it anyway. He's not afraid for himself. He's afraid that he's not going to complete what he needs to in order to take down Voldemort. Don't worry, Harry's right around the corner with the little vial waiting to catch his tears. It's all conjures it. It's fine. (laughs) But like that, he's not the fact that he's not afraid for himself in that moment. Oh, Morgan says he's afraid of failing Lily. Mm. Lily. Lily. I think he's thinking more of guys. I just can't talk about Snape and Lily. It just. I can't. Do I can't. It. I, I can't picture him thinking about Lily right then, because he's gonna. He's going. Uh, sorry, he's going to see Lily, right? I think he's afraid of his mission not going through. <sighs> Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, in a few years. That's <laughs> uh, give me that fan story. Yes. Okay. This fan story comes from Antonia a pretty name from January of 2021. Hello, guys. My name is Antonia, and I'm from Frankfurt, Germany. Ooh. I am a Gryffindor. My Patronus is a Manx cat. Amazing. My wand is Willow Wood with unicorn hair. That's Lily's wand, isn't it? 
It sure is. 12 and a half inches and quite blendy. Oh my God. Quite blendy. Bendy. Flexibility. Of a blendy one. My favorite characters are Hermione, Ron, and Dobby. My obsession with the Potter series also started a long time after they got published. My mom got me the first book for my 12th birthday and I immediately started reading. I was very curious about it because I already knew and loved the first three movies. However, I wasn't a big reader at the time. I could not bring myself to finish the second chapter. I feel you. My two cousins and my best friend were great great fans of the books. And when I was 15, they finally convinced me to give the books another chance. I started with book one on Christmas Eve and was finished with Deathly Hollows by March. And oh my gosh, I fell in love. Now, seven years later, Dang. that was me. I rang the bell. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. You. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> I lost my place. Now, seven years later, I've read the books numerous times and in three different languages, English, German, and Spanish. That's Thank amazing. you, Carrie. <laughs> Harry Potter helped me get through some really dark times. When I was in high school, I suffered from a very deep depression. One of my friends at the time started spreading a really bad rumor about me all around my school, and I felt that everyone was talking about me behind my back and on the uh, other side, ignoring me when they saw me. Boo, not friend. I got used to eating alone at lunchtime and hiding from the other students during breaks. I read mm-hmm. Harry Potter almost every day at that time since Hogwarts gave me comfort, and I felt and still feel and felt and still feels like home. Half a year before my abitur, which is similar to the SATs in Germany, I, ho- I probably butchered that. Uh, started i met my boyfriend leon a slytherin he was also going through some rough times and we helped each other out and saved each other we've been together for five and a half years now three years ago i got pregnant which was a very big surprise for us since it was absolutely not planned Mm. i was 19 at the time but after processing this new development we were so happy and could not wait for our baby to arrive however my late pregnancy was not an easy time for my family and me when i was 33 weeks pregnant i was diagnosed with preeclampsia Oh, did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. I was sent to the hospital and stayed there for two weeks. I was Oof. feeling very ill and my body was unable to provide my little girl with enough nutrients. She was too small for her age. Two weeks later, I was I woke up in the middle of the night with some heavy pains in the area of my upper abdomen. I called the nurse and after noticing that the baby's heart tones were very unstable, she sent me to the OR straight away. My placenta got detached early this night. Our Amelia, that's a pretty name, was born through a C-section. She was born five weeks early and was a little small for her age, but in spite of that, she was healthy. Oh my gosh. After three hours after surgery, I had a seizure and my blood values were going crazy. I had to wait two weeks until I was able to meet my daughter. It was the hardest time of my life. Harry helped me through, helped me get through it, and I spent hours listening to the audiobooks. They made me feel at home and embraced. They helped me stay alive and not lose hope. I'm so incredibly thankful for the books. Now, two years later, Leon, Amelia, and I are great. We just moved in together and are enjoying our little family. I've included some pictures of Amelia for you. She's already a big Potterhead. I attach us below if you guys want to go look at those. After about one year ago, I discovered your podcast and I immediately got hooked. You're doing an amazing job and I love listening to you, especially on my daily drive to work and back home. Thank you for being awesome. Please keep up the good work and stay healthy during these strange times. Best Mm. wishes, Antonia. Cutest pictures. That is yeah. the cute babe. Cute babe. The one with the little mirror. Ah, uh, so cute. So cute. Katie's got her joke book. Don't worry. I, don't worry. Did you pick one though? No. See, not prepared. stall for me. But I want to say, <laughs> <laughs> Antonia, I'm glad that everything is okay with yes. you and your your family. What a scary um, time. Yeah. This was a couple of years ago, so I'm curious to know if you still listen. Um, I 
I'm thankful that you're here and a part of our community. You said such nice words. Yes, thank you so much. So thank I'm, you. I'm glad Harry Potter was there for you, much like it's there for a lot of us. Yep. I need to find a joke. Because which one is this? So this is the original one I had, the Great Grafos for Gryffindor. And like, I'm really running down on stuff that's acceptable. Because <laughs> some of these are really, really awful. <laughs> just, just give them to us. It's fine. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be a joke, you know? No, like, they're not good. No, just just do it. Do you want a not good joke. one? You want to hear a gross joke? Yeah, I do. A gross joke? It's not that gross. What do you find in a clean nose? I don't know, Carrie, what? Fingerprints. Ew, that's <laughs> gross. It's not that gross. It's not, grosser. Oh it's not grosser than most of this episode. <laughs> Katie, just give us a bad one. This is the bad one, okay? Why did Buckbeak go after Draco Malfoy? Because it was Draco Malfoy. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit funny. Wait, I have a better gross joke. Okay, please. What is browned and... Br sorry, let me start again. Brown? Are you thinking of cooking? <laughs> Get it together. What is brown and sounds like a bell? Dung... Thank you. It works, and she rang a bell for her. Oh, head. gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, see, Katie oh, K. Right. said Katie going, that's not funny, actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed at that one. joke. Because yeah. he's very like, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Why do so many ghosts haunt Hogwarts? I don't know, Katie, why. They like all the big scare cases. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. On that note, if you'd like to follow us on social media, go for it. Myself and Katie. <laughs> go for are, it. Are, <laughs> are on Instagram Maybe. and TikTok at the Peters family. Uh, Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at tiffswish underscore flick. And Lori, I believe you're on Twitter, right? What is your handle again? Oh, God. Yes, I'm on Elon Musk's Twitter. Um, no, oh. mostly... Uh, find me on lorikim.com because yuck. Yeah. Because yeah. Of gross. I, you know, I mean, we all deleted our Twitters. I got so. rid of that before mm. it caught fire. Yeah. I mean, it was already pretty smoky, but much like Cleveland today. All right, Ugh. guys, are we ready? So we were supposed to record two tonight, but unfortunately, as you can tell, we've talked for almost two hours on one third of a chapter. Um, so we're only going to be recording one episode tonight, which means that the House Cup ends now. This is our first one. Oh, shoot. I right? know. Oh my God. So shout out to Kara from Ravenclaw for winning bingo tonight. She won it approximately 10 minutes into the episode. I'm which nervous. Ended bingo for all of us. Can I see that card? <laughs> I know I asked for it and I'm sure it got posted again, but I never looked. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she no, did post it. I have a very oh gosh, but right now. Who won? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I haven't I feel looked. Like we already know. Drum roll. Drum roll. Hufflepuff. I shouldn't scream because your child's sleeping. Hufflepuff won the house cup with 16,372 points. Ravenclaw came in second with 15,393. Slytherin came in third with 14,338, and Gryffindor came in fourth with 13,005. 
first or nothing first or nothing yes. third or nothing third or nothing yeah i would like to accept um, this award on uh, behalf of all hufflepuffs well done katie well done However, congratulations <laughs> Congratulations, really Hufflepuff. I, this is so awesome that you guys pulled ahead. That is amazing. Congrats I am really happy. You know what? You were third for a long time. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. So that means next episode, oh my God, it is we're starting restarting. Out yeah, everybody's back to zeros after tonight. And that means that we have officially been doing the house cup for a full freaking year. That's, That's insane. Crazy. Right? I cannot believe that. So anyway, we tried to line it up with like okay, Hogwarts trick. years. Here's your trick. Are you ready? Come to trivia. <laughs> Come that to is trivia definitely... and participate in trivia. And that gets your house so many points. Yes, it does. So many points. Aren't we doing it for hang are we doing it for hangouts? I can't remember what we're doing. Yeah, I think oh. we did, didn't we? Did we collect stuff from the hangout? Uh, I forgot. That's okay. Next time. It's literally our podcast. I'm fine. <laughs> this is over for now. Oh my gosh. We will start collecting next time. Somebody remind us. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So congratulations, Hufflepuff. Uh, you guys, you guys won the house cup. Good job. Badgers. I don't know what a badger makes, but woohoo! You get a sticker. Uh, we haven't figured out yet what it will be, but it's going to happen, and we will coordinate that probably after LeakyCon, if I'm being honest, because yeah. we've just got a lot going on Too in the next right um, July the next schedule is not out yet. We have not discussed, so you'll be getting that soon as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it'll, um, it'll be out before July 1st. I'll tell you that. Lady Supreme would like to know when it's cake time it's now. So we've got to get going. Quickly though, before we leave, tell me one thing that you are either watching, reading, or playing. Fourth Wing, baby. I'm reading it. I have been in a little bit of a reading slump and it's I'm having a really hard time. But I like it and I'm going. Good. We'll go backwards today, Katie. Yeah, sorry, I just jumped in on that. Bye. I am flying through Queen of Shadows. She's almost done. Ooh. I've got twenty one percent left. I love that very much video. enjoying it getting a little anxious but i'm enjoying it mm. it's okay god make yourself amateur what hour are you amateur you hour <laughs> i'm reading throne of glass the first book Woo! um i'm about i'm almost halfway through it and i like it a lot i'm playing legend of zelda tears of the kingdom one. tears of the kingdom um Tiffany's husband was kind enough to show me a lot of tips and tricks. I'm sure he's started. got it. I'm sure he's he could talk for hours. I know. And he has so many more outfits than me. I love that you call them outfits and not You have armor. to. Um, I do anything to minimize the masculinity of video gaming. Like outfits. I love that. This yeah. is my wardrobe. Accessories. These yeah. are my accessories. <laughs> These are my accessories. Also, Master sword. Google what Link's outfits look like and tell me they are not outfits. Oh, they okay. are. Because I beg to differ. His little booty is out. In most of them. He got his booty. <laughs> I'm also super playing Dreamlight Valley. Shout out to Mama Bear Claire there. We don't Me know, too. We don't Me too. This. The other day, Meg was like, I got to set an alarm and get up early because I have to uh, befriend <laughs> the crocodiles. And I was like, all right. 
there's there's a pink crocodile. I gotta get the pink crocodile is only out until eight a.m. on Saturdays. Okay, I had to set an alarm. Do I need this game? Yeah, it's really fun. Disney Animal Crossing. It is. I do not have it yet. Yeah, it's so much fun, Tiffany. I don't have it yet. That's why I stopped. Don't Hogwarts get it Legacy. on Switch. Get it on PlayStation. Literally, Lou Lou is constantly going. Are you gonna play Hogwarts Legacy? I want to um, confringo people, and I was like, <laughs> No, we're not playing that. <laughs> um, but I when you feel you have time, absolutely get it. It's so much fun. It's gonna be a minute, but yeah. I will. Um, I read Fourth Wing. Yes, friends. I either consume a book and it takes over my life quickly, or it takes me months. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Tears of the Kingdom and oh, random started a American Gladiators documentary on Netflix today. The feels of the nineties, my friends, but I haven't finished it. So I'll let you know. Is that it? Yeah. This is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love seven. So I would like much. to thank me for all the hard work. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is for us for starting. Wait, wait. What? Lori, are you reading any? Oh, Lori, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not, jerk. but I just got um, the bird watching book by Christian Cooper. Oh. Uh, you know, the black gay nerd who was yelled yeah. at in, in a park? racist way yes. in Central Park, yeah. who was like, got the first gay characters in star trek and in dc and yeah he's just amazing anyway so he has a new book about bird watching and i don't know what's in it but it's on my coffee table that's awesome here for that cool i love that it is really cool yes friends Lori will be back yeah thank you for being here Lori. Lori can't stay away yeah and Thank we, you for having me back, even though I talked a lot. No, I love That's it. That's why we love it. That's Never why you're apologize. here. This is what we're doing. That's why we invited you. But yes, this is for all of us. I would never take all the credit for this one. <laughs> this is for being growth. Um, <laughs> This is for PFAL. And <laughs> for ice cream cake. And for ice cream cake. And champagne. And wait, what do they call it in Shoots Creek? Champagne. Champagne. You guys. I got to drop a raisin in it to release the bubbles. Oh, That's my God. First one done. First one done. <laughs> Woo! Woo! That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing. Look at my voice. Don't cry. Stop it. Don't even look at me. Sorry. Stop. Oh, wait. Maybe you can. Can you believe that we're starting Deathly Hallows? Like, can you freaking believe it? Okay. No. Is it not working? No. We're having our own. We're just I'm crying and emotional, and you guys are doing whatever it is. Round. No, I'm trying to make sure Carrie can be a part of the experience. Oh. Interesting. Uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love how everyone has the exact same side. You're diving into that. Uh. <laughs>